Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from Percy'sGrowroom.com. This is Grow Guides episode 40, where we talk all about auto-flowering cannabis plants. Now, autos have come a long way since they first came out, and they are really good plants to grow and very easy for beginner growers as well. So we wanted to run through everything you need to know about growing auto-flowering cannabis plants and try and encourage some people to try it out if they haven't done it before. But anyway, all that is explained throughout the episode. I hope you enjoy this episode. It would be great if you could head over to youtube.com slash homegrown and subscribe to our channel if you haven't done that before. And it would be even better if you could head over to percysgrowroom.com slash forum and sign up there to become a member as well. It's absolutely free. Everybody is welcome. Uh, come and join us and show off some of your grows. And if you don't grow yet and you want to learn how to, then come over there and we'll be able to help you out with learning how to grow as well. Anyway, for now, here is the episode. I'll speak to you at the end of this. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you learn some things. See you in a bit. So this week, we're talking all about auto-flowering cannabis plants. We're going to explain what the fuck they are, why we think they're good or don't think they're good, depending on, you know, because people think different things. Some people really don't like autos and some people only grow autos. So it depends from grower to grower. But uh, I personally, I, I like autos. They're, they're part of the grow when I do grow, you know, do photo periods and auto flowers at the same time. But it's not like I just grow autos alone. But you, you just grow autos, right, Marge? That's your kind of thing. No, I do photos too. Cool. It just depends. I do. I have done autos in the summertime outside. Mm-hmm. The last couple of seasons because I like them better for the outdoor just because my season is sometimes short and unpredictable but yeah mm-hmm. and you TJ you do both too as well right yep um exactly like Marge just said here in Saskatchewan our summers are short and sweet and so generally you don't have enough time to finish photos so autos are the way to go I can usually if I time it right get a set of do four harvest and then another four and then harvest in the short period if you use the right autos but mm-hmm. um, indoors I do run them on occasion um, not for a few years now actually I haven't done any but um, I, I have some nice ones that I do need to make some some seeds from um, but yeah I just uh, I I like I like yeah well we'll talk about why pros and cons but yeah I do both um, mm-hmm. I'll say that so well, you say monkey you do both too is all right yeah i do grow more photos but uh i usually i'm, I'm running about three runs a year now i'm not really trying to push any more than that i, I can comfortably fit that in and it produces everything that i need so out of those three runs a year one of them will be an auto run i don't like to mix i like to actually i'm growing one or the other i don't like to have them mixed in, in each other although i have done that and it does work mm-hmm. yeah man and these autos they're good for perpetual growing and we spoke about them uh in the perpetual growing episode as well because I, I would grow four photo period plants and four auto flowering plants right uh, so eight plants and you know then you keep it on 18 six mm-hmm. uh, so if you need to know more about that shit then go and check out the um what is it called again that word 
the type of grow it is. <laughs> perpetual. See, perpetual. That's it. I was thinking oh. of a game with an arm. Yeah, the I, perpetual was, I thought we had a fancy word there I was looking for. Yeah. You know, a scientific term. We don't yeah. do that here. But yeah, so <laughs> autos are good for many reasons. They do many... Uh, they have some differences from the photo periods anyway. So we'll, we'll briefly explain, explain what a photo period plant is versus an auto, right? So monkey, do you want to explain what a photo period cannabis plant is? Sure. A photo period cannabis plant, when you, when you see germinates, uh, you usually are growing that, that, that seed under about 18 hours of light, uh, you know, generally like that though, but a photo period plant will stay growing in vegetative state as long as it has at least, uh, generally they say in like 12, 13 hours of light, will keep that plant. Uh, anything above that, above 12 or 13 hours light, the plant will continue to grow in vegetative state forever, pretty mm -hmm. much. Most growers, will, uh, most growers will use 18 hours of light and six hours of darkness, the standard right. 18, six. Right. So, once once that hour start dropping down below that 13 or, or below that 12 time frame in there, and each strain is going to be slightly different of where it triggers, though, that's when your plant will start flowering. And once it starts flowering, no matter what happens, hey, you're going to have flowers at this point. You know, you can you can re-veg it by, by re-exposing it to longer light and things like that. But the natural cycle would be you veg it out as long as you want, and then you change the light cycle or in nature, the light cycle changes itself. The plant flowers, it finishes, and you're done. That's pretty much a photo period. Mm -hmm. Sorry, so Marge, you want to tell us what an auto is? How an auto differs from a photo period plant? Well, in my estimation, it just does its own thing. You don't have to worry about the light cycles or anything like that. It'll just start to flower on its own. Whereas photos, you have to change the light cycle, as mm -hmm. far as I understand mm -hmm. it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that, that's pretty much it. For a photo period <clears throat> plant, you have to put it on 12 12 for it to go into the flowering stage where it starts to grow the buds. But auto flowering plants will flower themselves under any light cycle. That could be 18 6 or a full 24 hours a day, just lights on constantly, and the plant will still flower. You don't need to put it on 12 12. And that's why they call it auto because it flowers automatically. But there's a lot of, you know, with it, with that automatic stuff right there, that, that also kind of gives you a little bit of a challenge right there, because now you've got a very mm -hmm. limited time, amount of time to get everything done that you want to get done before the plant starts yeah. flowering, you know, get enough canopy, get enough training done. If in an auto flower, it's a great plant, but it's not going to wait for you. Mm -hmm. And on mm -hmm. average, it takes about between 10 and 12 weeks for an auto flowering plant to go from seed to harvest, right. 10 to 12 it, weeks. And usually that auto flower is going to flip from vegetative state to auto somewhere between that four to six week time frame. And there is when mm -hmm. you're going to, so if you're not, if you're not done and it wants to start flowering, it's not going to tell you, and it's not going to wait for you. It's going to just go. So TG, you know about all plant breeding and chemistry and all that shit. Do you want to explain why autos differ from photo period plants and how the whole process came along? Well, you know, I'm no botanist. I leave that up to Dr. Ethan Russo, who's written extensively on this topic, actually. Um, to my estimation and reading knowledge, it was um, cannabis, you know, started in northwestern China and moved around as, as plants do through various means, you know, animals or humans in cannabis's case. They eventually made their way up north into the uh, like Siberia, Russia region. And, you know, because plants are very good at selecting 
you know, themselves. They don't need human intervention really to select this, the strongest. Um, there was, I'm assuming, a mutation that happened, assuming that they did start out all photoperiod, uh, you know, kind of like most plants are. Uh, well, actually, I shouldn't say that because I don't know actually uh, if most plants are technically flower or, mm. um, or they get induced by by the the seasons. Um, probably it's a combination of both. But anyway, they moved up north, and since the the days up there are not nearly as long as they are where it originated and further south, and there's that short period, it's basically the same as here. They had a limited amount of time to be able to grow and reproduce and produce viable seeds in order to do what all organisms want to do, uh, procreate and survive, right? Mm -hmm. So this evolutionary trait was beneficial to these plants. And so up there, it uh, proliferated, essentially. And in the northern regions, you got this auto-flowering version, which was not dependent on the sun going, um, you know, the seasons changing mm -hmm. and the sun getting less, uh, giving you less daylight and signaling to plants that the winter was coming and therefore you need to start producing seeds or fruit or whatever it might be. And uh, yeah, so it was an evolutionary advantage. And so... Um, 1920s, I guess it was named. I forget. It was a Russian guy, um, and then I uh, called it Ruderalis because it's like a, a ruderal plant. It's a very small, short stature, low cannabinoid plant. So mm -hmm. a lot was given up. It seems to become out of flowering, but uh, it's uh, it's there, and it's been since interbred into other stuff. Now, so when when they first came out, when autos first came out, I don't know if you remember it. I don't know how long you've been growing them, but I was like. Uh, the early in man it was only around for a couple of years yeah early is on that what you low meant? rider yeah like the origins or just the origins of modern auto flowers uh but, no you, i think i think you did just <laughs> you did just fine man like explaining the ruderalis yeah, okay. part of the genetics because because when the ruderalis was bred in with the photo period plants then the auto flowering gene was slowly bred into the auto into the photo yeah, okay and that's why they flower automatically it's just a a singular gene because like tg said when uh when it's the ruderalis it's just a small plant doesn't produce a lot of cannabinoids but it had that one special trait that auto flowering trait and because it's a version of cannabis like indica sativa uh ruderalis they're they're different types of cannabis and hemp you know all these different types of cannabis ruderalis is just another one so you can breed that with cannabis plants of different varieties like the photoperiods the indicas or sativas yeah and with selective hey. breeding you can pick out the auto flowering gene and have it carried on through the photoperiod plants um, I was just going to reference like tomatoes. In tomatoes, when you grow tomatoes, there's two different kinds, determinate and indeterminate, they call them. Determinate varieties will grow to a certain point and then start flowering. Uh, monkey would probably know more about this as the flower slash horticulturalist, maybe more than I am. But then the indeterminate ones will grow and grow and grow and flower as they do, but and produce fruit, but they'll just keep fucking growing until you don't let them, which essentially it's it's kind of like a photo period does and in veg right mm -hmm. you just it just grows until it doesn't um until you flip uh but yeah it's like kind of like that i guess is monkey trying to say anything is he nope i'm right here let's oh, listen cool. to the DJ. he did a good job he did a really i don't know yeah, yeah. yeah if that was right that's the example i always use is because mm -hmm. tomatoes are somewhat similar not really but yeah in, yeah in most sense. of most of the ones we grow nowadays are determinate varieties some of the old heirloom ones were uh 
the, the old vining heirlooms, the ones you're talking about, the old uh, indeterminate varieties that would eventually usually just freeze to death or something like that. Right. Or insects eventually will get to them or something like that. This is, you know, one of those kinds. But yeah, so with these autos, those sorry, yeah, no, with, with these autos, it's uh, for people who've been growing for a long time, when autos first came out, they were fucking shit. And it was very difficult to get a decent strain. I remember growing some. I can't remember. It was, it was a grape, sour, sour crinkled grape. I don't know if that, that was right because that might have been the Mephisto autos and they were badass. Yeah, that's a Mephisto but, cut. For right, sure. right. It was, um, I can't remember. It was a grape strain, but it grew terribly. It, it was so, they grew. <laughs> this was in DWC and I had four of them and they were fucking massive. They were huge plants, but the buds in them were very small and sparse. And it was like, God damn, that was a, a really shit grow. You know, I still, it was so bad. I still remember it now. And that was like 12 years ago or something. It was a long time ago, man. It was bad. It was bad. But autos are funny. Mm-hmm. They, they can be. But it's over the last 10 years or so, you know, they've been fixed up, man. A lot of good yeah, producers yeah. have done good work on them and they, they can produce some banging plants. I attribute a lot of the good work to Joint Doctor. He's a, a creator of Lowrider. And, right, you know, right. Mm-hmm. Lowrider's been using a ton of stuff. Because mm-hmm. um, that was like one of the first strains that were crossed with the Ruderalis, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. A, the story, as far as I know, is it's a Mexican, they call it Mexican Rudy. Um, it was a, a Mexican version of the, the Ruderalis that was this autoflowering thing that would just start flowering. And then they were just amazed by this and they crossed it with some other stuff and uh, ended up getting this lowrider. Um, and then kind of the rest is history. He has a really good description on his website. Yes. If you just Google joint doctor, but uh, yeah. But then there's like other origins too. You know, the equatorials are kind of autoflowering themselves, you know, because there is no... Yeah, because it's constantly 12, 12 there, yeah. Yeah, you know, the plant I grew outside here, to, like in my backyard, it grew, it, I would classify it as a semi-auto because it was like, it grew for fucking three months and then started, or two and a half months and started flowering, mm-hmm. which in my experience, autos, like like you guys said, are four to six weeks and then that's it. Yeah. I have other autos that I've made, uh, copies of Mephisto's Double Grape, and they did exactly that. That's mm-hmm. what I... Like, I didn't know what to expect, but it was, it's just the strangest, strangest thing. Yeah. Sometimes you just throw these different, these phenotypes, can't they? They just be yeah, different. Man. A little bit longer or super mm-hmm. autos, sometimes people call them, but generally, yeah. Well, autos are good plants now. They used to be shit. And any, mm-hmm. pe- any people out there who have been growing for a long time tried autos and were like, oh, God damn, that was dire. I'm not doing that again. It's time to yeah. try them again, man, because they really are fucking good plants if you grow them properly. And, well, I mean, and that's just it, though. If you grow them properly, and you know, I, I see a lot of it over at Percy's and a lot of other places, though, that people try autos and they end up with these little tiny plants. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that's that's the, the, the trick with autos you have to do. You really have to get on it and have to have to get them moving fast early. And you've got to keep them happy for the whole time. You know, yes. if they have problems, it's not going to like you have problems in the third or fourth week. So there's not much vegetative growth there. It's not going to like grow for an extra week longer because it had a week off that's part of its life cycle so that whole middle week where you would have got a lot of vegetative growth if there's too much stress at that point and the veg growth don't happen then it don't have a lot of branches and places for it to grow the flowers on so you you know to keep it happy for the whole growth cycle is is key to growing autos 
Yeah, those first four weeks to get that rise, rhizosphere developed in, in a good enough structure above ground so that when it switches gears, it's got everything it needs to explode. Mm -hmm. And You know, so like Mackie says, keep it happy, happy, happy. So just a few pros and cons we should cover uh, with autos as well, because it's not all good and it's not all bad. There is different aspects that you need to look into before you decide if you're going to grow autos. But TG brought a good one up earlier where planting it outdoors, you know, if you plant an auto flowering plant outdoors, then it's going gonna, gonna to be the same things like three to four month life cycle. And then it gets chopped down. But if you plant an auto flower, um, a photo period plant outside, especially in the Northern hemisphere where the days are long throughout spring and summer, then you can have the plant vegging for 20 weeks before it starts to flower. So this is something that you need to be careful of. You know, if you don't want to grow a big beast and only harvest at the end of October, for example, then auto flowers, you can get two harvesting throughout the summer period. And you've done that before, ain't you, TG? Got two harvests out over summer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you time it, Mike, you got to start them indoors, really. Mm -hmm. And then as soon, like, let me think about it. Maybe. My eldest take... 77 to 80 days on average so mm. yeah if yeah if you time it right and, and start them indoors move them out when it's nice let them finish about mid to end june have some more kind of started within a like, prior to a week of harvesting maybe and then have those go till the end of the the summer what do you do when you grow them outside march uh, sometimes I start, I often do start them indoors first, depending this, I feel like this June was really cold. So if, mm. I don't think I did it this year. So my outdoor grow was kind of actually, honestly, kind of shit, but, <laughs> uh, no. that's a whole other Not story, cool. but <laughs> I do start them indoors a lot of the times too, just because it is short and then take them outside when the, when the threat of frost has, uh, finally been, is finally over. Cause mm -hmm. that's usually what people are having to worry about here. Just put, if you put them out too early, you could get frost and then yeah, then they're dead anyway. So, yeah. yeah. Another one, uh, another good pro, which is always a good one, is it's less likely to get Hermes if you got light leaks in your, plant, in your, in your tent, in your grow room. Right. If you get light leaks during the night cycle when you're growing photo period plants, it can confuse the plant and it will grow male and female parts. But because auto flowering plants can grow on any light cycle, on 18.6, 20 hours on and four hours off for the lights mm -hmm. or a full 24 hours. And most strains, if the genetics are good, will still flower after four to six weeks. They'll just begin flowering themselves. You don't have to change the light cycle. And if there's light, leaks, know, it's not going to cause a big problem. Um, you know what I think is more important than the potential to hurt me? Uh -huh. It's like, you know, some photos won't, but... Um, Hermes are bad in the sense where you, you can get unwanted seeds, especially if it's like a full-blown, like half male, half female, where it's mm -hmm. fucking really jizzing everywhere, but... Uh, jizzing all over itself. The, the worst one, and the one that <laughs> fucks your yield up even worse, um, and is the far... The thing that I hate the most when I fuck up and have a light leak isn't the potential Hermes, it's the reveg. Mm. Revegging mm -hmm. will reverse the fucking plant it will stop producing terpenes cannabinoids it will grow new fucking foliage when it finally reverts back to flowering after you're like oh fuck i hope that didn't do anything 
Um, it'll take a long time. It extends it to grow. It totally degrades the quality of your flower. And it's just a fucking bitch, you know? Mm -hmm. What autos will not do is reveg. And that's amazing because, yeah. like I said, revegging, I've, I've lost ruined fucking crops. You know, I'd rather have Hermes that seeded the shit because at least I'd still get nice big buds, but a few seeds. And these are the, some, of the, fucking... some of the cons as well here. I mean, a good yeah. thing is it won't reveg, but sometimes you, if you get a really good strain, a photo period strain, for example, Good and point. you've done the flowering period, taken off the buds, and you want to reveg it to keep those the the genetics alive. Then you just put it back on eighteen six. After a few weeks, the plant's yeah. going to grow again. But if it's an auto, it's done. Man. It has that Dude. that life that life cycle. And once it's over, it's over. You can't reveg it and bring it back to life. From a breeder or a preservational perspective, yeah, autos are dog shit because mm -hmm. there's really you know ultimately you have to taste the strain before you know if it's really good or not and like he mackie just said there can't clone them mm -hmm. um the seeds if you get even the same seeds that are so stable blah 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 you know give me a break each seed is going to be slightly different just mm -hmm. like every brother is slightly different than a, or sibling is slightly different than a sibling right mm -hmm. so yeah that's a big thing yeah no no cloning as well you brought up briefly there you should, yeah. because you can't put it back on 18.6 if you take a piece off and plant it, it's, it's still going to carry on with the, uh, the same growth cycle. Exactly. It's just yeah. can't be done. You have that window and you have to get it done from start to finish. So the best thing you can do is grow it properly, you know, keep it happy and healthy, which is easier said than done. Nobody wants an ill plant, but it, you know, it's just the plant will end up better if you keep it happy for its whole life cycle. So they're good for experienced growers. I mean, they're also good for uh, new growers because they're so easy to grow. But for, for if you want the grow to go smoothly, then it's going to take some practice and experience. So they're, they're better for experienced growers if you want to get the good result out of it. Yeah, uh, now, and you can really do something out of autos. I mean, Bubble Hawk is always growing autos. Mm -hmm. and, we've, and we've seen over at Percy's some of the things that he can grow. It's not uncommon for Bubble Hawk to pull a one pound auto out of his tent. I mean, this, they can grow to monsters very, very easily if you pamper them and give them what they want. But yeah. you have to know how to how to do it, and you've got to get them moving early. Mm -hmm. My buddy grew a one on his acreage. Um, I gave him some call it Alberta Big Bud. Uh, it was bred by a guy in Lethbridge for outdoor prairie growing, and the fucker, I think it dropped like two and a half pounds or something. Just like <laughs> these fucking donkey dicks on, like there, mm -hmm. it was amazing. Just, just yeah, bud, what he needed, whole thing everywhere, shooting up bud, covered mm -hmm. in aphids, but you know. This is, this, is autos. this is the thing with autos as well is you can grow them big man you can have good yielding autos if you put four in a four by four tent for example a four foot by four foot 1.2 by 1.2 meter tent use one of those with four autos in it you get a good yield man 16 ounces like four oh, ounces bubble hockets bubble hockets a, a pound off a one in a four by four mm -hmm. so i mean it's possible it depends how you want to grow it but yeah, i yeah. mean that's the potential is there no matter how you want to do it if, if you just do it you know, like i said you gotta move quick mm -hmm. i like i like the quote that was up there you know in chat uh dr bugby bugsby equates autos to being a hot rod they're really fast but when something goes wrong it goes really really wrong mm -hmm. really fast but are incredible given a smooth runway. Yes. And that's it. Yeah. If you're an experienced grower, then it's going to be very easy. But at the same time, that you don't have to grow them massive because you can grow them in small pots and they'll grow smaller as well because they'll grow according 
to uh, like somewhere around how big their root base is. So it's going to grow roots as much as it can, and it will detect how much space is around it. And that will decide on how big the plant grows. To some extent, it's not all just about that. But the more root space it has, the more chance it has got of growing nice and big uh, above ground as well. So, and it works in the opposite direction. If you want to keep them small, then you can grow them in small pots and they won't go over a stupid size. So you can grow like 20 small plants instead of a couple of big ones. Sorry, okay. Go ahead, Mac. I'm sorry, go ahead. I don't know. It's just it's something TG does, right? You you grow the micro grows TG. Yeah. Yeah. I use photos though, but you mm -hmm. can do it with autos. I do uh, autos in, in my micros. Yeah. So. yeah. I've done both for those. Yeah. They both all work the same. I mean, all, <clears throat> a photo in, in an auto in a micro grow, if you got it set up right, you're gonna have similar results. Mm -hmm. Yeah. American really one said here in chat. Sorry, just get that in there. Uh yeah, there are a lot yeah. of factors that can affect yield. One can fix a photo period mm -hmm. uh, and there's no fixing and hurt auto. And it's very true, man. It's well, the photo period. You can yeah. top it, train it, you know, super crop it, do all this different shit with it. And, and you can just veg it for a little bit longer. If you have problems, you don't yeah, get that. autos. You'll get a weak auto that, you know, three weeks in, you'll know it's not going to be a strong plant. You might as well just cull it. Well, there's no coming back. I'd say a big con too is one one thing I sort of mentioned earlier was if you don't breed your own seeds or make your own seeds, breed is a strong word. Um, especially autos. Mm -hmm. And autos are tough because male autos generally are not available on most commercial seed banks. Like there's some breeders that offer them, but generally you can't find just or regular autos, I should say, not male autos, but um you got to keep buying the fucking things from mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. uh, or have them given to you or whatever, but they got to come from somewhere. You can't just keep a mom or easily make a couple of, uh, you know, more seeds like you do with a male and a female that you accidentally left in when you're up working up North or something who does that. <laughs> right? um, but autos, like I said, generally 99% of them are females. So uh, there's that limitation too. So they can get expensive or limited being, depending on where you are in the world so yeah man so as i've explained if you want to get a good yield out of the autos it's best to give them a nice happy life from start to finish how can we do that what's going to be the best way would you you would recommend uh cocoa i assume monkey well, of course because that's what i grow in mm -hmm. <laughs> i mean i have grown cannabis plants in other media but 99 percent of what i grow is is co cocoa and Again, you know, it's it's a form of hydro and it's it's an easy way to give your auto everything it wants immediately. Mm -hmm. But it's but, not for everybody. So a couple of questions there when it comes to growing in salts, you need to change from using grow newts at some point, moving over to using bloom newts. At what point in the plant's life, what, what are you looking at when you're looking at the auto that makes you decide, oh, it's time to move it into the same exact field. thing, exactly the same thing that, that I do in photos. I mean, it's a cannabis plant. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, I mean, you'll see it with, with an auto. It'll, it'll grow and vegetative anywhere from three to six weeks, and then it'll start stretching. When stretching ends and I see white flowers, I switch to bloom nutrients. That's it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, this same exact thing with, with photos. Yep. You flip the switch, everything comes up, they stretch on up, you see flowers, switch to bloom, and it works. I mean, right. yeah. it's just keep it simple. This is what we've always said this, keep it simple. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So it follows the same life cycle as a photo period plant does. It just does the flowering section automatically. That's why they're called autos. So you will notice there's the few weeks of veg where, you know, you have your seedling stage, you'll have a few weeks of veg and then you'll notice the stretch coming. And that's like the regenerative stage where it just grows bigger so it can support more flower growth. And then you'll see signs of sex, either male or female, which is most likely to be feminized. So most autos will just be female automatically as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, I use salts, but darn good and well, TG uses all organic. And mm -hmm. I've seen some mm -hmm. of his autos and they're nothing to sneeze at. It can be done easily in super yeah. soil. Even uh, easier yeah. in super soil, right, TG? Well, you know, maybe I... I can't say because I've never grown in yeah, cocoa. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, uh, I think that it's easier because you just plant the seed and yeah, you just add yeah. water. Oh, yeah. to that. From that aspect, yeah. Be, it takes all the work out of it. Your soil is auto-feeding and your flower is auto-flowering. What fucking more is there to do, mm -hmm. right? Right. It's, just uh, set up but, an auto-watering system. <laughs> well, exactly, yeah. There's definitely ways to do that, too. Uh, mm -hmm. Pretty sure we have guides, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Guides. Um, yeah, but... Guides. Maybe this is controversial for uh, me to say, but from, you know, I do know cocoa, you are able to force feed it a lot quicker. Like the plant, it's not like they're lazy, but it does seem like when I, when I watch monkey, for example, and we're growing the same shit, um, his stuff gets bigger faster. Um, it, and I, I don't, I don't uh, discount that, which is another reason why I, I like photos because it gives me time to do what I need to do. Mm -hmm. with a little bit maybe another week added on or a half yeah, a week yeah. it's really not a big difference but with cocoa you can really fine-tune stuff and therefore in in the beginning you can just max it out as much as you can to get them as big as you possibly can before mm -hmm. they start going into flower mode which is an advantage i'll say and in terms of flavor like again if you grow it right with whatever you're using the flavor and the profile is going to be fucking good you know Mm -hmm. There's going to be a difference between living soil or super soil and salts, but it's a subject of preference at that point, I think. And both mm -hmm. can be very, very good or very, very bad. So um, that aspect I don't think is important. Um, but if you are interested in, in heavier yield, faster and all that shit, probably cocoa would be the way to go, um, yeah. in my opinion, as a super soil grower. What about that? Ooh. <laughs> very controversial very controversial yeah, but again like Mackie said if you just want something fucking easy just you know like yeah. like Marge does they just plant it outside and that's where your auto watering system comes in it rains and yeah. right. it's, your plants yeah. Yeah. not always when you want it to though but yeah Ooh, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So is that what you do much when you plant yours outdoors what's your kind of uh technique what you do just plant it into the ground or so you have use some no, or something I usually put them in I've been putting them in pots just right, because cool. yeah just because of my there's a lot of shade in my backyard so it allows me to sort of mm, put it move in them place around and accordingly. I chase the sun yeah yeah uh -huh. yeah and then I just try and water from rainwater when it doesn't rain on my schedule mm -hmm. so <laughs> yeah hey man, incredibly easy to do when it comes to auto flowering plants especially outdoors and that's one of the beautiful things I think Ed Rosenthal said before you know auto flowering plants will be like tomato plants one day where everybody's going to have one just on on their back porch mm -hmm. which would be cool to see don't you think oh yeah uh, yeah that'd be great real conversation starter yeah, ooh, yeah should, we get, should we get into some <laughs> yeah. little bit of the, the uh, controversial topics with the auto flowers the do's and don'ts that are out there that you know the, the bro science yeah for sure man for sure i mean can i start with the first one the first one being you have to plant it in its final pot 
Oh man, I heard that one a lot. Mm-hmm. I think I just proved mm-hmm. on oh. current grow that that's not the case. Yeah. This you know. was one of the things that came out early on, March in the early days of Waltos, where people would say you need to plant it in its final part. And it's not true. I mean, you have to be careful when you transplant from one part to another because you don't want to cause it any root stress or anything like that. But I've tried both ways with planting directly into the final part and then even transplanting three times, so a small part to a medium part to a big part. Or, and it's all been fine. We've all done the same thing. As long as you don't break the tap root and shit when you're transplanting or, yeah. or you know, breaking the roots. And any kind of stress is bad for autos. You've got to give it as yeah. smooth life as possible. You want to make sure that that rhizosphere is in good shape and you don't want it to go in that small pot too long or too mm-hmm. short. If, if you transplant it too quickly, you're going to break the root ball. And Mackie just said you'll break the tap root. You're screwed. Mm-hmm. Nothing's, nothing's going to fix that. You wait too long, the plant gets root bound and you, you could trigger flower prematurely. And, yeah, and there's so, nothing wrong with it going into its final part. You can do that if you wanted to. I mean, yes. that, that works. But if you're growing in cocoa, for example, where you have to water every day and keep the medium wet at all times, you're just going to be wasting nutrients. Yeah, and you yeah. just, you know, you don't want to... The be- appearance of your soil is best to go into the final part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There. You know, that's right ready you can go or it, it but you know if you don't have uh, the space as well if you're using a 60 centimeter tent as your veg tent and then moving everything to a 1.2 if you use in four 40 liter pots for your autos it's not going to fit inside the oh. 60 centimeter tent so that, that's when it's a good time to put it in small parts first and then move it into oh. the part later on that's a good point um with autos because they are a finite thing they don't get as big as you let them get you know you don't want to grow on in like a fucking you know 50 liter pot or 100 liters because mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. it just won't use all that medium or yeah, yeah. if it's super soil then you're going to waste a lot of super you could then just grow more i guess yeah put my, i'll put mine in 25 liter pots when it comes to the super but, soil thing yeah obviously fit the pot to the, mm-hmm. but in yeah. cocoa i'd go like 12 liters yeah i do 12 liters that's, that's my standard mm-hmm. size even mm-hmm. with uh autos yeah. yeah three gallon pots 12 liters yeah. i guess is that's what that is so, yeah mm-hmm. pretty much so i'll go from like a, a half a liter pot just when it's germinating get it started you know and then when it's happy and it's got a few leaves on it then drop it into the 12 liter pot 12 liter air pots in cocoa has the shit i swear <laughs> that they just they grow so fast they're so happy all, all the way through just Water it every day at the right EC, right pH, mm-hmm. and make sure you keep an eye out for when the flowering comes, because when it comes to flowering, uh, somebody did ask there as well in the chat, and this is related to that. It's uh, when it's just like a photo period plant. If you defoliate too soon, it's going to stretch like a motherfucker. So when you come to doing the lollipopping or any defoliation before it heads into the main flowering, same thing as a photo period plant, waiting until you start seeing flowers form. And then you know mm-hmm. the veg stage and the regenerative stage is over and it's flowering now. That's when you not can just the beginning, Not just the beginnings of flower, nice, mm-hmm. white, fluffy flowers. Mm-hmm. Now you know it's, it's, it's time. Not just the hairs. You don't want it to just see hairs. You need to see the actual flowers forming. If you do it when the hairs are showing, it might be too soon and you'll trim the, the bottoms off and the plant will go into more regenerative growth and stretch like a motherfucker. And you have and then- big internodal <laughs> spaces and shit. And you don't want that. And you're going to have a nasty trim job on that one because you mm-hmm. have a lot of small elastic popcorn here yeah. and there all over the plant. Not, not a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, weeks. I usually, as far as transplant, I usually all start all my plants in solo cups. For, I don't know why, I just 
what I've done forever. Mm -hmm. And I usually just transplant the autos one time from solo cup into, into the, the final pot. Mm -hmm. It's the but best last time sure. I didn't have the tent space. So I could only move them. I moved from solo cups to one gallons, one gallons to three gallons, no shock. Everything's fine. So yeah. Mm -hmm. take, take it easy, be kind to the plants, but they can definitely take a transplant if they have to. Yeah, that's it. As long as it's early on. Don't yeah. be doing it like mid-flower and shit like that. That's crazy talk, you know. <laughs> do it early well, You on. probably could, <laughs> but yeah, your plant's going to be stunted if you're doing mm -hmm, that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you know. Just when it heads always... into the flowering stage, it's like the roots stop growing as well. So that's it. That the plant decides then this is how much space I've got to work with. So let's try and take it easy above ground, you know. Yeah. And then let's go to the next bro science thing. Uh, you cannot top an auto flower. You should not top an auto. Crazy talk. You have to top autos. <laughs> I believe it because I mainline autos, mm. and that's that's three topics. But it's, and, you just treat it like a cannabis plant, isn't it? That, that, that's how I look at things. When it gets to the third, fourth note, top it. It's, it's a cannabis plant, man. Yeah. I think a lot of people, are, again, are afraid of shocking the plant, mm -hmm. stunning it, making it go into flower prematurely. But again, if the plant plant is happy it can definitely take the toppings it can take the training you can do anything you want to it's a cannabis plant the warning i give you is that it have to move quickly because you've only got four mm -hmm. weeks to get the stuff done and after that you don't know what's going to happen and i would say as well if you're growing outdoors it's not necessarily the only reason why i think when you're growing indoors you should top them is because you just get better training and yeah, yeah, more like inside of the do. plant, better ventilation, all that good mm -hmm. stuff happens when you top the plant. It opens it up, makes it a little easier to deal with. But outdoors, just let nature do its thing, man. But yeah, I full on mainline cannabis uh, autoflowers, and they do just fine if you do it fast enough. They can, they're tough. Mm -hmm. They can actually do whatever you want them to. So that's definitely bro science. What other bro uh, sciences do we have? You can't train them, you know. You can. It's just well, I mean. You can train them all you want for sure. I mean, mm -hmm. LST, uh, high stress training, low stress training, super cropping, all, uh, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. They'll but do you it. know, it's a cannabis plant. When flowering starts, then stop doing any of that shit. You just want to be doing this in the vegetation, just like you would do with a photo period plant. You know, it's the same thing. Just auto flowering begins. Uh, the flowering stage begins automatically without you having to change the light cycle. That's that's the only difference. I that's the only thing I do different really with autos than I do for photos. I'll do everything pretty the much, same. Pretty much. What about, now, I mean, um, the, old, uh, the old adage that auto flowers are always going to be less potent, you know, that's not a strong cannabis. Mm. <laughs> as I was just going to say, yeah, what do you guys think about that? No, I think it's fine, man. You have okay, people so say that uh, yeah. growing feminized seeds is weaker than photo period, like, uh, sorry, regular seeds. And I just don't believe any of that shit. I'll grow some, some autos that were like covered in a layer of glass. It was so frosty. And, some know, of that hanging in the tent right now. Yeah, you know, it, it, some they of them, maybe they've even been better than some of my photo period plants, man. Look, autos are quality. They'll give you some good, strong ass, tasty ass weed, especially what if you, you get good genetics. Hey, what are you saying, TG? Yeah, uh, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's the question. I was kind of curious what your opinion was. Yeah, about the uh, potency. Mm -hmm. Yeah, potency. Yeah. Um, any again, like with all these things that like it, it seems more potent, it looked more potent. Those are all great, but those are just kind of qualitative descriptions. I need to right. see some numbers. Mm. And um, I have had my one auto tested, which means absolutely nothing in any respect, but it was around 14 or 15 percent. 
mm-hmm. which isn't bad, isn't huge. Um, but I I fully believe that they, you know, maybe they're not up in the in the bullshit 39%. I think Dutch Passion seeds. actually have a strain which they claim is the the highest THC in an auto flower, and it goes it's 28%. Yeah, I'm sure it's out there. I'm like the ruderalisness of the autos has been all but obliterated in terms of mm-hmm. the shitty taste and the mm-hmm. lack of vigor kind of like because they get all small and they only ever get like three leaves kind of that's mm-hmm. the, there's a lot of good autos and i'm sure it's not like only that genetic that does auto i'm sure there's other stuff over the years been found and incorporated into things and and we've had so much time now to to elaborate these genetics that uh yeah, that, millions yeah, of plants grown. There's some fucking fire out there, you know. Like mm-hmm. I, I've grown seedsman strawberry cheese uh, one year, and it just it produced like, it was like a fucking, just I don't know, like one of those cattle nine tail. I mean, something. It just had big donkey dick fucking things everywhere, and mm-hmm. it was so much. It was so resinous, so flavorful. It got me like it feeling really good. Like it was great medicine. Everything about it was awesome. So yeah. yeah. Auto's good believe. shit, man. It really is just a case of which one do you prefer personally now. You, you know, yeah, you gotta find good ones for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You get the right strain, you, you get the right genetics, like auto Colorado cookies from Dutch Passion is one of my favorites, man. That's a, a quality auto strain. Highly recommend eventually I'll I'll grow that one eventually because you've raved about it so much. Mm-hmm. I do have a question for you guys though about genetics and lineage and stuff. So you know, autos generally their versions of something right you have blueberry og mm-hmm, auto mm-hmm. you have northern lights auto you have fucking og kush auto right og kush and like any strain really they don't exist as autos they never will they never have you know mm-hmm. what we know what is the 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 archetype you know the the standard for og kush the true og kush is not an auto yeah um so the auto version of said og kush to me is it can never be og kush mm-hmm. you know it, and i don't know how i imagine with a lot of work you know uh, you could get it pretty close but to me mm-hmm. that's why photos actually are are my favorite because they are the true expression of of most if something starts allegedly as, <laughs> yeah i mean you know, they all differ from breeder to breeder and shit but i know what you mean and i, I agree completely man yeah yeah it's like just, once it's had the ruderalis added to it it's not going to be white widow 100 percent the stuff that's that originated in like colombia you know like mm-hmm. that shit or thailand the original land race like afghanistan yeah. mm-hmm. those weren't autos mm-hmm. and that's where most shit comes from and so when you that's get it. the auto in there, it's gonna be as close as, but it's not gonna be the same yeah and again i'm like when i when i'm growing something called northern lights auto i'm just like i don't like calling it because like northern lights is such a varied strain itself you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and just to call something northern lights is not good um at this point in the game maybe back in the 80s when when seattle great maybe that's like it's a good seed brand you can do a good seed bank just call it something like and it's like yeah. something like Northern Lights, <laughs> well, something like yeah, White Widow, exactly. yeah, yeah. something fast like buds. Blue Cheese. Where where did Fast Buds get all? Like, no offense to Fast Buds, I've never grown them, so I have, mm-hmm. you know, no experience with them. But they have a lot of stuff that exists elsewhere that is not auto, and then all of a sudden. So, I don't know. It's it's just, autos are strange. Yeah. All that aside, they're really good if you find good ones, just like any cut, right? But they can it? be very versatile, very I'm diverse just, yeah. plants, man from a genetics purist kind of point of view they're like mm-hmm. 
know. <laughs> but I'd highly recommend it, man. And, and for new growers too, if you want a, a yeah, easy has grow, to do with super soil, plant an auto in it, and you could just water it for 12 weeks and it will be harvested sometime around then when it's done. And that's another bro science, which we can quickly cover as well, though. It's uh, auto flowers don't go, uh, don't get orange trichomes. But I think it's more mm. just a case that it takes longer. The orange yeah, trichomes right come there. from just uh, THC degrading. It's going to happen at some point. Just don't be so impatient and cut your fucking plant early. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and never listen to the breeder. And that matters for photoperiod plants too. Don't The breeder's going to say, it flowered in eight weeks. And it's like, no, it's probably going to be about 10, maybe even yeah. 12. It's done when it's done. There's too many things that need to be right. taken into account. Lots of variables. Yeah. I've got done. two of them in a tent right now that are on week 14, and they're, they're just not quite right yet. So, you know, you just got to wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. But definitely, I mean, if you haven't grown at water, give it a shot because they're great space fillers as well. So you, just, you can have one in a small part just sitting in the corner of the tent growing, and then you can get variety. Say you've got four nice size uh, photo period plants of one strain, and you've got some space at the back, and just put like four or five three litre parts with a couple of autos in there. I get a half ounce to an ounce of like white widow, Northern lights, uh, blue cheese, just different strains, whatever you want it to be. You know, and they take no extra work, you know, just drop some water in it. It's fine, man. Very easy to do. Very easy to grow. And they're good plants nowadays. They're not crap like they used to be. And they used to be really shit, but that, that was early days, man. But now they're, they're quality on the same par as photo period plants, I would say, but you know, that's my opinion. Some people mm -hmm. might disagree. Yeah, the only thing about auto stress it over and over and over is keep them happy, keep them going. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no second chances. So, but if you, if you can if you can keep them happy, you're going to be happy. Have a certain amount of time to get it done. Make sure that it's done nicely. So we'll move on to some. I mean, is there anything else there to add about autos? Any, anything to add, anybody? I can't think of any more bro science about autos that the negative stuff that people throw at you. And I can't really think mm -hmm. of anything else. You know, don't PG, pay for overhyped you, beans. Don't pay for overhyped beans. Hint, mm, hint. Mm. I don't know if you know. Uh, I know, the, I know the, some of the uh, banks you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't. Special drop, special drop. Be on the site. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. There's lots of good. Limited, limited. That's a yeah. trendy share. But like, I don't know. They only get this fucking big. They're small, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I like them. Don't right, get me wrong. So okay. we got a, a question here from Clist. What's up, Clist? Uh, <laughs> dear High and Homegrown, long time listener and supporter. I wonder, do you guys ever reuse mason jars without cleaning them, or do you clean them thoroughally between harvests? I mean, I don't clean mine. No, just let it build up over Fuck time. Cleaning. You know what I mean? <laughs> clean Fuck out cleaning. the THC. That's not cleaning it. That's making it dirtier. <laughs> keep that shit yeah. in there i mean if i'm just putting like dried flour from an old jar into like new flour into an old jar then who cares yeah. mm -hmm. as long as you don't have like bud rod in there or something right. yeah, I think it's totally fine or something Green. gross okay. or whatever mm -hmm. yeah. yeah i actually put them through the dishwasher clean them all out get them fresh Holy. well look at you go I just look. I've I've done it before, where I've had two or three grows, and they start kind of getting crusty after a while. It's that's not crusty. That's like cleaning I, the fucking barbecue grill. That is. I understand it. I get it. And, and I look at it and think, like, okay, Spartan Grown said I could take alcohol and dissolve all this, and and you know, make RSO with it or whatever. I'm going like, nah, clean it. 
sacrilege. I'd probably say the same thing, actually, monkey. Yeah. What? Like, no, to just, go, just oh, come on. Done. Come on. You know, I know I'm all for like maximizing the plant as much as possible, but there's a limit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Watch this. No, pretty much yeah. clean them if you want to, man. It's completely awesome. <laughs> but yeah, if yeah, you know, they're doing... full of shit. Yeah, yeah. clean them. But mm-hmm. yeah, do, do whatever, I... whatever makes you happy, man. That's Use your own discretion. Clean for eight years, you know. I bet. But, mm-hmm. but there was a question a while back on a show that somebody wanted to know how how to get the uh, the smell out of the jar so it wouldn't affect their new weed. So in that case, yeah, run them yeah. through the dishwasher. Clean them. Yeah, clean completely them. up to you. Yeah, then clean them. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope that answers your question, man. It's uh, it's just one of those things, completely up to you. But clean them. I don't clean mine. But Monkey and Marge do. TG doesn't. It's each to their own, man. Do your thing, bro. Uh, then we have Woody. Woody has got a question. Well, oh, why, yeah. <laughs> why can't I wear white after Labor Day? What sort of fine is there? Are people in the UK and other parts of the world? also suppressed by this law is it a law i i checked the other day it's after labor day now right so i did put on white and it worked and i walked outside so woody you can wear and people didn't look at you like you no it's fine (laughs) what is labor day right (laughs) i do think there was a time yeah you're right monkey the first weekend in uh, September. September. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. That first long weekend. But I do think there was a saying for a long time that you shouldn't wear white after Labor Day. Maybe that was more of a North American thing. But uh, yeah. like everything else in the world, people are turning the rules on their head and saying, fuck it, do whatever the hell you want. Mm-hmm. Well, wear that white. White, white, was wear considered, it. white was considered a uh, summer color. And then, you know, yeah. seasons change. But I always wondered about that because in the deep south, seasons don't change here until we get to November. You know, so right. why can't I wear white? It's still hot. You can. You can. That's what I said. I found that do out. It. Do yes. it. Just now, do I'm it. one of those kind of people who, because of that stupid saying, I would only wear white after Labor Day. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, I guess brides couldn't wear white if that was true either. So there you go. Right. Uh, Phil asks, how did you, PGR slash HOHG moderators, all pick your avatars, <laughs> names, and characters? Hmm. Do you want to go uh, into that, anybody? <laughs> sure, I could go first. <laughs> oh, yeah, where did you <laughs> get your name from, Marge? <laughs> uh, How did you get your name? <laughs> let me just uh, sit up here for a second and get comfortable because it really long came story. down to a lot of thought. <laughs> and, uh, it's a long story. <laughs> spent some agonizing time over my computer and like brainstormed and worked with a panel of people and came up with the name Marge and a picture of me with a weed leaf <laughs> behind it. And yeah, Genius, blood, I sweat, and tears. Genius. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Must have taken yeah. years of planning. It's crazy. It did. It did actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your eyes actually look like that though. That's. Huh. Uh, well, yeah. On a good day. Yeah. Depends on how much weed I've had. Wow. <laughs> Um, yeah. Mine is from Machiavelli. Well, not necessarily the um, Machiavelli, the Prince Machiavelli, but uh, Tupac, man. I'm a big Tupac fan. All right, everybody. I don't know if you all realize that, but I think Tupac oh. is the fucking man. And uh, I pretty much made my name a long time ago uh, as Mackie. Because Machiavelli. Yeah. Nice. Blows for your body like a 12 gauge shine. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> 
But uh, CG, what's yours from, man? I ran a contest on Twitter about this for free seeds a while back. You should have fucking been a part of that. <laughs> I don't go on Twitter, bro. I'll be over there, you... there more now when um, Elon's taken over. Yeah, no, I'm talking to <laughs> everybody Bill else. Ross, this damn question, you know. Yeah, maybe um, that's why he's doing it because he knows the answers to this one. Yeah, well, no, my my name. Um, um, there's a band called Temple of the Dog, and I like them and uh a lot <laughs> and uh when i used to play diablo and basically be online and like sorry rob champ that he knew what words came after what i said there nice nice, oh, nice. Yeah, from the two-pack song what a tune man Honestly, yeah, yeah. two of america's yeah, no. most wanted what a tune everybody no my, yeah, i just had my name is my name is Temple of the Dog on Diablo mostly, but again, elsewhere. And uh, since then, I'm just Temple whatever. So whatever I'm doing, um, whatever website it might be, if it was a poker website, maybe like Temple Royal Flush or some fucking shit like that. Temple Poker. Yeah. And so I came here at Percy's and I was like, oh, I grow. Therefore, I'm Cremple Grower. <laughs> And the symbol is like, uh, you know, it's uh, uh, hermeticism shit, as above, so below. And I think it's it's a good representation in all aspects of its its multitude of meanings for the cannabis, um, from the deep philosophicalness of the, you know, using it as a as a sacrament type shit, and just simply. If the roots are shitty, the top will be shitty. You know, that's kind of mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. yeah, what I always think about when I when I see it. So as above, so below. Squared circle type shit. And I like the symbolism. It's easy to put on a shirt. Well, with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you say, Monkey, do you want to go to yours? Uh, sure. Um, when I first started this whole adventure in, in cannabis, I needed some way to log on to different websites when I was joining or looking around and stuff like that. So I was inspired by my daughter. My daughter was a very curious one and I called her T-Monk. T meaning petite, just a short version, T-Monk. Because when she wanted to learn something, I could always watch her. She would look, she'd be down, you know, that little two-year-old, three-year-old height down there looking around you as you're doing something there. She'd watch how you turn that lock so she she could do it later. So I figured out that that's how I was learning to grow cannabis by watching everybody else. So monkey see, monkey do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. Now, a quick one from Fweech there. He says, question for Mackie. Are you going to get back into growing eventually? Of course, bro. I fucking love this shit, man. I love growing weed. It's one of my favorite hobbies. And I really fucking enjoy doing it, regardless of how much I smoke or don't smoke or whatever, man. I love growing weed. It's a beautiful plant. I like the whole process. I enjoy, I enjoy everything about it, man. I love growing weed. And I do hope to get back into it eventually. And hopefully not too long. But I'm going to move house and shit first. So that's just something that's going to get done after Christmas into new year, into the new year, possibly. So it's definitely not over. I love this shit too much. But <laughs> I will be back. I will be back. Don't worry. What are you going to grow first, do you think? That was a good question. Oh, man. Fucking. Maybe lemon trees. No, seriously, man, because my, my, my next project, what I want to do next is I have four lemon tree seeds and I want to grow the four out and take a cut, make a mum, self it, get some fucking seeds of it and, and have some lemon tree seeds, man, because I do very much enjoy that strain. 
That's a good idea. Might be better to, to clone it and then reverse one and then cross the two. You'll end up with a little bit better vigor. But if, uh, if people have visited the forum over the last few days, I've got a thread up there with a graph showing my electricity usage from when I've stopped growing. To yes, that, now. it's crazy. And it's like three times the amount of energy use that has been mm. reduced. Like it's, it's uh, it was like, say, 250 kilowatt hours. That's what it is now. And it was 750, nearly 800 kilowatt hours when I was growing because I had the two tents up. You know, two one <laughs> nothing else in the houses aren't so. You know, just the grow tents, man. <laughs> It'd be the same. The whole house was being heated by the grow tent. <laughs> but it's like, and that was fine back then. I mean, I estimated that it was like five pounds a day for me to grow. And that's fine, you know. When you're smoking a queue a day and only spending five pounds a day growing, it's fucking cheap, man. It's cheap. But now, after all the electricity prices changing in the UK, it's it's like doing the maths. It's going to cost me about five hundred pound a month extra to grow if I put both yeah, tents back up again. It's yeah. got to be a better yeah. way, man. You're going to have to reassess your your uh, assembly here. Yeah, man. You know? Right. It's a crazy amount of money now. That the electricity bills will go up double of what they You'll are have now. To do At least grows, man. You know, make a big grow and then work on that for a while. And Outdoors take, or something. Take a break or something like that between yeah. the grows. And we also Such have something yield. that relates there from Sparky. He said, what the fuck is going on with the UK government? Mate, <laughs> they don't even know what the fuck is going on with the UK government. So I ain't got a fucking clue what's going on with them either, man. Pretty much it's a farce. It's uh, falling apart. The pound's going to collapse. We're all fucked here in the UK. Send food. You know, <laughs> send wheat. It sounds like you know, send yeah, that too. <laughs> but you know, we're we're Britain, we're the UK. We go through all sorts of turmoil and still come out stronger. The old saying goes, "Keep calm and carry on," and that's exactly what we're going to do. And we'll be okay soon enough. We'll get over it. That's that's how we roll. Um, and tell you what, it sounds like that catchphrase is made there to, to tame the population. I think just so. Keep calm, everybody. Keep calm. Indeed, keep calm and carry on. Like, just shut the fuck up, stop bitching. Exactly. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> a quick, a couple more, which we'll quickly get to because it's it just hit four twenty, just about to hit four twenty. The smoky shit. Oh, yeah. If you're doing that. Another one from Sparky says, what do panel members think about harvesting a plant that is beyond the breeders, breeders max flowering time based on emergence of pistols, but is still not showing any hint of amber trichomes from top to bottom with all trichomes being milky to cut or not to cut. Well, we mentioned that briefly earlier. Don't listen to the breeders flowering times. Mm -hmm. That's just a guideline. It, it can be two weeks easily either way. And some strains might not show that amber trichomes for a while. The, the THC doesn't do great too quickly. But as long as it's all milky, that means that it's all mature and you should be good to chop at that point. Is it, what do you all have to say about that? I would Pretty. tend to agree with that. And I think I remember Frenchie saying before that amber trichomes doesn't necessarily dictate plant maturity. And further to that, Swami's advice was to just ask the plant. Which yeah. probably doesn't answer his question very well, but I kind of get it though. After you've grown yeah. a while, yeah. I kind of get it. I'm, and and yeah. I'm at to that point right now with one in the tent where I was kind of looking at it today. I'm going like, "You're about ready, aren't you?" Yeah. Right. Um, you were asking the plant. It's like, no. I was well. I mean, the trichomes are all cloudy. There's no amber. Right. But I keep looking at it, going like, "You've been here a long time. I think you're ready, aren't you?" You know. Right. There's other signs too. You know, like senescence in the leaves and just mm -hmm. how much it's yeah. drinking and and just little nuances and stuff which of course doesn't come 
until you get yeah. experience growing it, especially if it's the same strain over and over again. It smells um, change even toward the end there. When uh, it's like... Yeah, what what you're talking about there is very subjective, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, some people like to cut it even earlier. What the thing with me isn't so much, um, I guess, maturity of the TH. Like there's a there is a peak where THC production kind of starts going down, and then you it doesn't produce as much, and then you, it it tips into the degradational phase i guess later on a bit but that does take a little longer than than probably most people think um but bulking up of the flower you know you do gain a hell of a lot of weight in the last two two weeks even the last week i would say it's amazing and so that that's a tough one to judge when does it stop bulking up like two days since it's been this big is it done i don't know but and again like the guy said it's it's that's about like just kind of asking the plant in in the mm -hmm. stupidest sense of that but yeah um trichome maturity is is a i don't know flimsy subject I, i'd say um, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, like, well, it's like you said it's it's nuanced yeah mm -hmm. it is, so is i mean it's four and a half weeks over that the recommended flowering time but it's just not ready yet it's one of those things that yeah. particular pheno it's going to take a little longer <laughs> I will ask the plant. Okay. Yeah, let us know. <laughs> well, all you can do, really. I mean, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So then we have one more we'll quickly touch on here is taking a microscope photo of where the pistils emerge the right way for checking trichome maturity. In other words, how does one know you are looking at the trichomes on the bud and not on the sugar leaves? Since mature buds are surrounded in sugar leaves and high magnification makes it difficult. They shouldn't really be surrounded too much in sugar leaves. Right? I mean, especially when the buds are fully grown, unless you've been feeding too much nitrogen, there won't be too many leaves around the buds there. So, you know, just make sure that the tip of the camera is on the buds. And that's where you, that's where you want to, like the top of the buds as well, or around the middle, not exactly the top, because that might degrade a little quicker, but definitely not on the leaves of the plants. And you don't just want to check one spot either. Check numerous spots around the yeah. plant. What you saying, TG? I performed sacrilege on it. Uh, I actually removed like two bracts off, off the plant and bring them to a desk and then use the stand that TG is very familiar with for the microscope so I can zoom in and get really clear pictures of the trichomes. That's not a bad idea. I never even thought of that. Yeah, I mean, I mean two bracts, are, that's nothing. It's something that you don't have like fucking botrytis in your tent lurking around like I do right now. So mm. <laughs> wound. Hopefully that, I don't. That's not a bad idea, yeah, to check. Um, if you can do it safely and everything. But now that you mentioned that, that's something else that I always do before I cut them is I always go ahead and wipe the clippers down with alcohol just to be sure, you know, yeah. if I'm going to make a wound, I want to make sure it's a clean wound. Yeah. But I mean, if you look enough, leaves do look a fair bit different than, than the bracts do. Mm. Leaves tend to be like you can see the middle veins and then the sub veins or the whatever coming off the middle vein. Of the leaf <laughs> and then <laughs> serrations on the other. generally they're not as heavy heavily uh you know don't have as much resin on them some strains you get a fuckload everywhere even on the fans but mm -hmm. um yeah you kind of just got to get an eye i would say and obviously like kind of you can look here and look there and you know do your best to to point it at the right spot i would say i get right in there you know i make i I dust the front of my microscope with ice soda and, you know, make sure there's no shit on it and stuff. And then I actually, a lot of the time will touch the actual bud. Um, 
sacrificing a few resin glands, but touching it, you get a little bit more stability and then you can zoom in and then see, you know, assuming you're pointing at the right spot. Mm-hmm. But again, then you can introduce foreign shit to doing that. So it's best not to touch them if you can help it, but I don't give a fuck. So. You know, you might not even have to do all of that anyway. I mean, after a while, you get the senescence on the plant when it starts to look like it's going to the end of its life. The yeah. buds will look mature. It will smell different. It will smell yeah. like it's ready to come down. And it will come with experience and practice where after you've done a few harvests, you know what it looks like when a plant's getting ready to be taken down. Yeah. I was used the example of humans, you know, and it's, it's like when old people get really old, they stop eating so much. They only eat like a little bit of like... They smell different. Yeah. They start smelling different, I guess. And eventually they just they're you know and it's not just old people but anything that's old bodies things just stop working and then they just mm. die plants do that exact <laughs> thing so yeah. Um, yeah. you want to get it before that happens but uh you know keep them in a home for a little while kind of thing you know what i mean that's right the let them do crosswords old people <laughs> <laughs> old people, like old people. <laughs> old people are awesome but yeah they uh Man, just so- gotta, again read the plant ask the plant Ask the plants, ask, ask man. Are you ready to die, plant? <laughs> I mean, some growers, yeah. it depends on what's left in the jar as to how long Please. this plant's going to live. Yeah, that's right. I ran out, so you're going to die now. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, man, so there we go. That's all the questions, and that's everything we have to say about autoflowering plants, really. If you have any suggestions, anybody, about what you want to hear us do on next week's grow guides well not next week because it's halloween special next week but the week after that you know any suggestions of what you think we we have covered and what we haven't covered so far if there's anything you want to add i mean we'll read out this list quickly of what we have covered so far because i went through this this week we've had a planning easier your first to read out what we grow. haven't covered man mm. we've had a so much. planning your first cannabis grow equipment you need for growing cannabis at home uh best medium for growing cannabis what nutrients to use for growing cannabis where to buy cannabis seeds and cuttings, uh, how to germinate cannabis seeds and plant cuttings, uh, the vegetative stage of growth, the early flowering stage, the late flowering stage, harvesting, then trying and curing, how to make hashish from buds and tip leaf, how to make cannabis edibles easily at home, gorilla growing, common cannabis plant problems, killing bugs, uh, cannabis concentrates, pH and EC, temperature and humidity, topping cannabis, low stress training for cannabis plants, what is scrugging cannabis plants, hermaphrodite cannabis plants, how to avoid bud rot, uh, mother plants and taking cuttings, how to make cannabis seeds, regs, autos and fems, how to keep a grow room cool in summertime, what makes good weed, uh, avoid making these mistakes when growing cannabis, terminology and slang, terpenes and what they do and what they taste like, pros and cons of growing cannabis, FAQ for cannabis growers, uh, deep dive into hydroponics, <clears throat> digging deep into soil, making compost for cannabis plants, reducing energy bills when growing cannabis, uh, how to grow cannabis perpetually, best books for growing cannabis, and today's episode about growing autos. That's 40 grow guides now. 40. So Where to next, man? Covered a lot of shit. No no, what the fuck do we talk about next? <laughs> we need ideas from you guys out there, the listeners, what you want us to talk about. Have a mushroom. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? You know the answer to that question. <laughs> I know we, we yeah. sadly found it last week. <laughs> now that was just one part of the argument in your favor, monkey. That's all. That's oh, all. that's all we need, man. Mm-hmm. Christmas movies come out at Christmas. Uh, no, and sometimes in July. 
<laughs> yeah, once. <laughs> hey, shit. Yeah, maybe an episode on aliens. That would be cool. Uh, companion plants. So nice idea there, Zesty. Nice idea. But drop it in the thread over, over on Percy's in the high and homegrown section if you have suggestions of what you want us to cover next week. That would be cool if we can keep them all in one place. But, you know, we can't do aliens, Phil. That's for after-party sessions, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, yes, speaking of that, I think we're done. Are we all done? Anything else to add? Anything to cover? Holy fuck, that's a lot of fucking shit. You know what I'm <laughs> saying, bro? <laughs> that was right. good. Nice, nice. So let's go to the outro. Let's do it. <laughs> So there we go, everybody. That was this week's Grow Guides. If you have any questions or any suggestions which you'd like to share with us, then head over to percysgrowing.com, sign up and start a thread or message us. It's absolutely free and it would be awesome to see you over there. You can also contact us on social networks like Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. And you can even email us at highonhomegrown at gmail.com. So any suggestions you have for Grow Guides episodes or any news stories that you'd like to share with us for us to report on next week's show, then just send them to any one of those networks or email us and we'll get it covered on the next show. Uh, this week's show is going to be a Halloween special as well. So if you're free on Sunday at 9 o'clock UK time, 4 p.m. Eastern and 1 p.m. Pacific, then come and join us over on youtube.com slash high and homegrown for the Halloween special where we tell some spooky stories, things like that. So have a good weekend, everybody. I hope to see you there at the live show. But if not, we'll catch you on Monday where we'll release the scary stories and the Halloween special then. So next week, there'll be Monday, we'll have the scary stories and stuff. And on Wednesday and Friday, there'll be two different interviews that will be released next week. So stay tuned for those. It's been a pleasure as usual, everybody. Thank you for downloading the show. Thank you for listening. And I hope you can share this episode with a friend who might find the information interesting. But for now, have a good weekend, everybody. Stay high, stay safe. We'll see you on the next one. Goodbye. Goodbye.